Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast, and today we are doing your Miyahu, that's Jeremiah, chapter 5a, the first portion of chapter 5. Uh, because the chapters in this book of your Miyahu are usually quite long, uh, I'm in almost every case going to be breaking up the chapters into two or three portions so that... Uh, we can absorb the material better and that the uh, podcasts don't take too long. So today I'm going to go through verse 18. We're going to end from 1 to 18. We The, the last chapter was set up, and the last several chapters, kind of as a dialogue between Yermio and God, between the prophet and God. Some of the verses were... Yermio speaking, the prophet speaking, and some were God speaking. It's important for us to keep track of who's speaking in order to fully understand the message and the perspective. So in the last chapter we had, remember, Yermio had this vision of desolation. Roisi, I saw this desolation, I saw this desolation. And he was looking out, obviously, into something in the future. And, you know, this all started in the beginning when he saw a very vague thing, you know, the, the almond branch, but it's getting more and more specific. It's getting more and more, um, the images are getting more and more powerful, more and more detailed. And then God said, yes, there will be desolation, although it won't be complete. And the reason it's for the desolation is because the people are involved in vanity. They consistently don't get the message no matter what I do. Now it is, um, it is uh, God speaking from verse 1, and he is speaking to Yirmiyahu, and, uh, but he speaks in, in, uh, in plural, and I'm going to address that in a little bit. And he says, Show to two, go out and roam in the, in the streets of Jerusalem. And please go, I want you to see, I want you to look, I want you to look carefully. Um, and search out in all the streets, go up and down all the streets and all the neighborhoods, and look, if you will even find even one man, if there's one person who does justice, who acts justly, who seeks faithfulness, the and then I will forgive the entire city. Why it is that, um, there's a few questions that are obvious here. One, is uh, how could it be that there was no one? There was no one um, uh, righteous. There must have been some righteous people. And the Mepharsim, especially the Radak, uh, the commentaries, um, especially the Radak, uh, you know, brings uh, you know the a verse from Psalms which states there's always some righteous people in Jerusalem. And how could? And he tries to reconcile that contradiction. Uh, to me, I wonder, because uh, what about Yermiyahu himself? And he must have had some students around him that were good, that were trying to do better, that were trying to fix things. I, what, um, you know, obviously, uh, I, I, the way I think of this is, is, the, the, is we have to focus on the word ish here, imtimtsu ish, if you will find a man. Now, ish, as the commentaries point out, doesn't just mean a man or a person. 
It means a man with a capital M. It means a leader, a person who, an influence, a person who has influence, an influencer, uh, someone who, a leader. That's what an ish means. And it's saying, look around and see if you find anyone who is capable of changing this place. Look around and see if you can find someone who is able to help to bring about justice in the city, to bring about faithfulness and trustworthiness between man and the other man. The problem is that the society is so corrupt. It's not that there aren't any righteous people. It's that the entire leadership is so corrupt and that there, and, and the people are so corrupt that even the person that tries, even you, hear me, oh, are trying, but you can't do it. You can't make them better. That's what it means here. In Timsu Ish, if you'll find a man. The Im, and if, even if you'll find people that stand up, even if you find a leader that stands up and says, meaning by, as the Lord lives, as in other words, he's trying to sound righteous and swearing by God. They're actually, they're only saying that because they're trying to strengthen some a lie that they're about to say. They're about to speak falsely. So they say, Chai Hashem, by God, by the Lord lives in order to make it sound like they're they're telling the truth and they're holy, but they're really all a bunch of liars. This is what God says when the, the and it's again talking about the leadership being just so, so, so so corrupt and the people being so corrupt that even a good leader can't can't get them on the right path. So now, in verse 3, we go back to Yermio speaking now. And Yermio says to God, Adonai, God, Einecha, your eyes, and Einecha is often means, and here it clearly means, uh, when you look, when you pay attention, when you care, and when you try to do things to help, is it not for emunah, for faithfulness? Now, emunah here is there's, um, Rashi understands emunah here mean for good. Right, when you look out, the, your purpose in paying attention to us is because ultimately you want to give us good. You want to benefit us, even when you're coming with punishment, as we're about to see. The point is to make us better, so that we get the message. So that because ultimately you want to do good. Another translation of Amunah here is, is is something solid, something real, something that lasts. When when you God pay attention, it's for something real, not for something that passes. That's how the Radak and Mitsudos understand that. But the point is that the Prophet is saying to God, when God, when you pay attention, isn't it because of Amunah? Isn't it because you want to bring something good? I'm going with Rashi. However, he kisa osam vilo chalu. You struck them, but they didn't they didn't become pained by it. They didn't get hurt because they didn't care. Kili some, you destroyed them, right? But me'anu kachas musar, they refused, they refused to, to take, take lessons. They refused to learn the lessons. Chizkufenehem, rather they hardened up and stiffened up their faces. Misela, even harder and more stubborn than a rock. Me'anu lashuv, and they refused to return to you, God. So I, this is still the prophet himself speaking, so I thought, um, remember God told the, the prophet, look, God told to search. So the prophet is going to search. And he didn't find. All he found were these people that were stubborn and refused to listen. So I thought, he says, to, the prophet says, Ach oh, they, these are all lowly people. Dalim could mean poor, but it could also mean people lowly, people on the lower rungs of society, people that are uneducated. No, Alu, they, um, 
They are silly. They they just don't. They're just not educated. They're not smart. They were. They never knew. They were never taught the ways, the proper ways of God. The 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 justice of their God, of the the one, the God that they should have. So maybe El Chali, verse five. I will go El Hagedolim. Let me go look at the wealthy people, the great people, the leaders. Vadabra Osam, and I will speak to them. Maybe them, I will be able to teach them. I will be able to turn them around. Maybe I'll be the Ish, or maybe among them there is an Ish that can turn them around. Ach, however, Hema Yachtov, they, all of the the higher ups in society, all of them together, Shavru all, they all threw off and broke their yokes in other words that which tied them to god their responsibilities they threw them all away they cut all of the uh, the uh, the the leash of the ropes that held them that should have kept them on the straight path they went on their own and did their own thing they are all completely on on the wrong path so there now i see i see there is no way the society is corrupt to the point where we where we can't turn them around so now i understand verse 6 al kain he come ar this is why the the lion from the forest has struck them zeev aravos and the wolf from the from the um from the wilderness yishodadeim has has plundered them nomer the leopard which shokade uh, alarehem is 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 uh, is is um stalking um uh, around their cities, and whoever walks out the city, the leopard lies who's lying in pounce will tear them apart. Why? Because their sins are so many. They are they have become so bad that they uh, their rebelliousness has become so powerful and so strong. So those were the words of Yirmiyahu. Now in verse seven, it's God speaking again. So God says, Ela zoses lachlach, and this time it's God speaking, but He's speaking to, to the the people. Well, of course, through the prophet, Ela zoses lachlach. Where, for what merit, for for what merit? And I'm translating this like the Radak. Can I can I can I forgive you? Tell, show me some reason to forgive you. I don't see. There's nothing. There's no merit that I should forgive you for. We couldn't find that each. We couldn't find that person. My sons, my children, they've left me. They've forsaken me. And they're now they're swearing on things that aren't even gods, that are nothing, that are just that are just um nothing. And then and if I tried to do them good, I tried to give them things. In other words, I punish, they don't get the lesson. And when they try to do good, when I try to make satisfy them and give them the things that 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 I want to, by they go ahead and they become adulterous. Presumably, this means here not, not literal adultery, although it could mean that. But it means they turn away from me. They I, I give them everything, and then they go to the other gods. They go to the other countries. They go to the other nations. and they gather around the house of the harlot. Of, of the um, the brothel, so I mean it, it it has a dual meaning here. It means that they were unfaithful to God, but it also means that they were um, immoral and immorality and promiscuity. The next verse um, is verse eight. Susim, they are like horses or stallions. Miyuzanim mashkim hayu. This is what they were like. Now, 
I'm going to translate this. So, this most of the standard commentaries understand miyuzonim from the word mazon, which is food. Uh, so then this would mean susim miyuzonim, horses that are well fed, mashkim hayu, and they get up early in the morning all well fed, and then ish el eshet re'ehu yitzalu. Then each and each man goes and neighs like a horse at the at the um, wife of his friend. It's very very hard to translate this verse, but the, the most smooth and most real translation, I think, I believe, is really the Malbim in his Be'er Hamilot. In, in, in one of his explanations, he translates this much better. That And, and then when you change, uh, translate it this way, the, the, the actual the verse flows very nicely. And this is how he says, the language miyuzonim is not from the word mazon, which means to eat food, but it's from the land of zenut, of, 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 of uh, it means it, it's sexual. It means, uh, in this case, it means ready for sex. In other words, they, we're saying the horses, stallions with their penis erect, mashkim, does not mean wake up in the morning, but it means their testicles, because Oshech, the same words, uh, the same root, is 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 refers to testicles as it uh, as it says in the in Leviticus where it talks about the um, the priest of uh, one who is meroach Oshech who has crushed testicles cannot uh, be that's considered a blemish on the body, so 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 and he cannot serve in the temple like that. So here it's saying, but, but so the, it's it's very crude, but but it reads much better, and it's it's really powerful imagery. He's saying the people are like stallions with that are lusty, with erect their penis erect, and they are neighing at the eshet reyu at the mares that belong to the other stallions, and that's how these people are like. They are so eager to go run and sin, go eager to go and lust after. The wives of their friends or people that they shouldn't be together with. This is what that that's what the people are like. They instead of coming to me, instead of being responsible, they act like lusty stallions which want nothing else other and they don't care who's who the mayor belongs to or anything. They just they just run. Al Ela Lo Now I'm looking for verse nine. On on people like this, should I not punish them? No Madonai says God. And against a nation that is acting like this, like this base, this awful, this corrupt, this immoral, I should not take my revenge. Verse 10. So now God gives permission to the to the nations that are going to be the ones who um who end up uh, meeting out the punishment against the people. This is what's going to happen. You can go up into their vineyards and you can destroy them. But just don't, I don't give you permission to completely destroy them. This is a theme we've had this, I think this is the third or fourth time where God talks about this terrible punishment, but no, I will not completely destroy, not complete destruction. Which means uh, remove the uh, 
the uh, netishos are the uh, sprouts of new vines that, that start to grow outward. Kilola because these people, you, you can take them. You can take them, God tells the enemy, because these people are not acting in a way that's for God. Kivagod bagdu, verse 11, because they have rebelled, re- rebelliously repetitive, which just to emphasize the point B, they have rebelled against me. Beis Yisrael, both the house of Israel, which refers to the ten tribes of the northern kingdom, Uveis Yehuda, and the house of Judah, Noam Adonai, so says God. Um, verse 12, Kichashu Badonai, they have, um, they have denied the existence of God. Vayomru, and they have said, Lohu. Now these the people that, that are speaking now, God is talking about these people. He's actually referring to the false prophets. The false prophets that, keep on, that kept on leading the people and saying, Oh, don't worry. You don't have to worry about God. Everything's okay. Nothing bad's going to happen. Don't listen to your Jeremiah. Don't listen to your Mio. And those people, they have denied God. Vayomru, Lohu. And they said, Lo, that God doesn't really even exist. And he's not going to bring any bad. No bad's going to happen. And war, and hunger. We will never see that. Everything's going to be fine. We're not going to have any enemies. We're not, we have plenty of food to eat. Don't worry. And these prophets, these false prophets, will be like wind. Meaning wind that just blows away. All the words that they say are so false. The words are just going to float away. And there is no actual speech in them, meaning there is no actual prophecy in them. They have no truth. That's what's going to happen to them. I'll tell you what's going to happen to them. Um, and that's what's about to see in verse 14. Therefore, so says God, because you speak this way, because you, the false prophet, speak this way, I am going to put my words in your mouth but it's going to be a fire that consumes you and destroys you. And this entire nation that you're speaking to, Eitzim, are going to be kindling wood, and they will all be destroyed along with you. It's a little odd that over here it says, because you spoke, I will put my words in your mouth. The Radak initially assumed that this means that that um, Yan, because is that that God was speaking. At first, it sounds like He's speaking to the to the false prophet, saying, "Because you spoke that way in plural," and then I'm going to put my words in your mouth, meaning your mouth, uh, your Mio's mouth, and your mouth is going to speak words of fire, uh, of of pre- predictions of destruction towards the people. However, I think I'm going to go with uh, what the Radak brings from the Targum Yonasan after that, from the Targum, which sounds much better. What we're really saying here is because is the um, is because you, the false prophets, speak this way, I am therefore going to put my speech in your mouth. And what speech is that? That's going to be fire, going to be destruction. And, and this fits very well, the, tar- the way the Targum translates, the way I just translated it, with what we see later on uh, in Yirmiyo, in Jeremiah 23, which the entire chapter there is devoted to criticism of these false prophets. But if we just look, uh, just, I'm just going to pick two verses that the, um, the, um, 
where God says, Hanavi Asher um, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's talking about the false prophecies, prophets, and then God says, my word is like fire, says God. So where so the the it's like fire it it if you if you um and and god is over there saying that he's going to punish these prophets with his word itself because his word itself is like fire and i think that's what it means over here god's word itself if if not spoken properly by a prophet who's speaking it honestly those words become fire which actually consumes and destroys the person and what am I going to do? I'm going to bring upon you a nation from far away, base Israel, against the house of Israel. And says, God, a son who it's going to be a very powerful and strong nation. Um, and, and a nation that is ancient, that is old, that has, all, uh, that has it's, it's experienced, it's established. A nation that you don't even know how to speak its language. This is just trying to portray an image, of fr a frightening image. You will not even understand what this nation is saying to you. It's their quiver that where they hold their arrows is like an open grave, meaning they're just constantly pulling arrows out of it more and more and more. They are all going to be powerful men. They're going to come and they're going to eat up all of your harvest and your bread. They're going to destroy your sons and your daughters. They will eat and consume your sheep and your cattle. They will eat your grapes and your and your uh, and your uh, figs. Um, they will uh, a level. The uh, your the cities um, that are um, that are your fortresses, those cities that you are so uh, have so much faith in to to protect you from the sword, they're going to destroy it by the sword. But God promises again that even in those days when they come and and, and cause so much destruction, lo uh, I will not completely destroy you. Some of you. Some parts of the nation will survive. Uh, because that is, this is a slight happy note, I'm going to end here, even though the actual uh, uh, best stopping point would probably be the end of the, the section is the next verse, but I'll stop here with something a little bit more, not quite cheery, but a little bit upbeat of, no, I will not destroy you. Again, God emphasizes that. Thank you so much for studying chapter 5a. Looking forward to studying chapter 5b with you.